a reading from the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. In the lonely places where wilderness happens, where we stand forlorn, often windswept and alone, your voice calls out. In dark places where shadows drown the light, Places where we hide our fear and shield our tear, your voice calls out. From the desert places in which we walk, streets we roam, paths we cross, we boldly ask, guide our feet, take us to places where you would have us go. Give us words that you would use, so that in the season of Advent we may like others before us who have heard your voice, be able to call out. God's grace and peace be yours. We begin in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, and travel all the way through to the son of Zechariah, John, who came out of his wilderness to proclaim a different way of living in preparation for the salvation of God. What would a contemporary reading of that passage sound like? If it was located on the front page of the Ventura County Star this day, what would it sound like? Let's try this. Might it say, in the second term of Obama, when Limbaugh, Hannity, Cooper, and Beck rode herd on the airwaves, when Boehner was the voice for those seated on one side of the Great Divide, when Cuomo was still trying to clean up after Sandy, when Panetta was leading the House of Secrets, during the times when communities of faith 
were unable to find compelling reasons for praising God, as Facebook did its part helping people become more publicly accountable, there was one who came out from their wilderness to speak a different truth. Make no mistake, the second week of Advent grounds the listener in a particular place, at a particular time, between the tents and territorial forces of political and religious leaders. Should one read this passage too quickly and drift off into a birth narrative glaze, one might yet miss the subtle and dramatic impact of these verses. Luke dares his readers to ask an important question. The question, what does the announcement of the Baptist's arrival and the birth of the babe of Bethlehem have to do located alongside of kings, governors, emperors, rulers, lords, and influential high priests of the day. How audacious is it that Luke would place a wilderness wanderer and a babe to be born to such non-starters as Mary and Joseph next to the leaders of the known world and then speak of them as equals? What was Luke thinking? Well, Luke is a deft storyteller. He begins his story of Jesus by making the outrageous claim that God is at work in the weak and the small, babies and barren women, unwed teenage mothers and wild-eyed prophets, detached preachers and executed criminals, and all of these by the design and desire of God, will change the world. It is the theme repeated throughout Scripture. God will use whatever means God wishes to accomplish the design and desire of God's plan. A confession for the day. This will come to you as no surprise, I'm not well-versed in English grammar. Should you find in the worship bulletin a series of run-on sentences, you'll know I was the author. I give credit and thanks to my office colleagues who frequently clean up after me. That said, what I'm about to share is simply research done for this morning's homily. In my study for today, I discovered that verses 1 and 2 of Luke chapter 3 are known as a dependent clause. Quick show of hands, how many of you know what a dependent clause is? Oh, there was some nervousness. I'm feeling better. A dependent clause needs another clause or a statement to complete its purpose. 
Luke chapter 3, 1 through 2 is a dependent clause. So it names all of the people in power with all manner of regions over which they are empowered. All the while, there's this searching for the connective truth. Nestled into the fabric of this dependent clause is the main verb, the action word or phrase, the reason behind the dependent clause. And there, following the religious leaders and the naming of John is the hinge statement. The word of God came to John in the wilderness. Audacious indeed. The word of God came not to any political leaders or religious luminaries of the day, but the word of God came to a desert dweller named John, son of Zacharias. Let's stretch this just for a moment. I'll include myself, Pastor Melissa, President Kimball, Provost Leanne Nielsen, Board of Regents, CLU Vice Presidents, or anyone with a CLU title, supervisory or above, would be in Luke's dependent clause. All of these in need of a reason for their dependence. And out of the wilderness will come a voice bearing witness to the purpose and plan of God. All of this leads me to ask, how is the word of God coming to you, to us? And just as importantly, what is the word of God doing through you? The season of Advent encourages and calls us into deeper wonder of the places where we pay attention to the presence of God. And then, as we pay attention, we begin to discover how the word of God is showing up on our voice and on our hands. Because it will. Because it does. And we, like the prophet Isaiah, will be tasked with making crooked paths straight, rough places smooth, filling potholes so that God's salvation will be evident. Amen. Let us stand as we pray together. Filled with expectation and longing, let us pray for the church, for those in need, and for all of God's creation. You are full of tender compassion. Strengthen us that we might endure the day of your coming and stand when you appear at the end of time. Lord, in your mercy. Your dawn from on high breaks upon us. Prepare the earth itself for your coming, that the valleys, the mountains, and the wilderness might sing your praise, 
Lord, in your mercy. You guide our feet into the way of peace. Give wisdom to presidents, prime ministers, legislators, and judges in all nations, especially nations at war. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You give life to those who sit in darkness. We lift up those without homes or jobs, those dying of malaria or cancer, those who long for forgiveness, those who are sick or suffering, and those who prepare for final tests, projects, and for those who will read, respond, and grade. Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of your people, O God, and in your mercy grant us all we need for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Receive the blessing. Blessed are you as you watch and wait. Blessed are you as you ponder and prepare. Blessed are you as you are held in the wide embrace of God's love. Go now in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is our light, our hope, and our salvation. Amen. Amen.